it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined once again by Ben Gorwitz today on Wednesday, December 16th, 2020. Ben, say what's up to everybody. What's going on, everybody? Got an NBA podcast coming at you live right now. Oh, yeah, guys. You already know what time it is. It is almost that time for the NBA season to start. Our next game is a little less than a week away from us. It's six days away. Um, we'll be watching. It's a doubleheader. It's a Nets, a Nets, Warriors, Lakers, Clippers on TNT, so y'all get ready for all that. I can't wait to watch. Y'all know NBA is used to be my favorite sport. I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite sport anymore. I'm kind of getting fed up with some of the stuff. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and run down on this episode for y'all, the Eastern Conference, and some storylines that we're looking into. Next episode, we'll do the Western Conference, do our award predictions and uh, finals predictions as well. So we got all that coming for you guys. Everyone get ready, but let's go ahead and start things off here. I've made my list, and Ben will say if he agrees or disagrees. Um, we'll start here in the Eastern Conference as the 15th spot in the Eastern Conference. Um, look, there's pretty much two teams, Ben, in my opinion, that are the exact same team, and I just went ahead and went with the Knicks here in the spot. Um, Knicks didn't add too much. I mean, they still pretty much have their exact same core. Obviously, they use their draft pick on Obi Toppin, a guy that I actually like to win Rookie of the Year, and he's at plus 850 odds. I don't think that's a bad future bet. Um, I kind of like that future bet just because Obi's a, a, is a, he played longer in college, and he's been playing well in the preseason. But I think his game translates really well to the league. He's a prototypical power forward. I think he'll get a lot of looks in New York and get the ball a lot. I think he has a chance at winning Rookie of the Year. I'm going to predict as a future bet for him to win Rookie of the Year, which I'll have to give out again on the next one, so I'm not going to go crazy detail on that. But look, Ben, I think it's pretty obvious here. The Knicks are in tank mode. They're trying to build for next season. This is the most stacked draft class there has possibly ever been. The Knicks are just going to be looking to absorb contracts, get first-round picks, and tank it out and hopefully hope that they can win that lottery and get the first overall pick. Do you disagree with me or anything on this one? I agree with you that they're going to tank for sure because that's just what they do. Um, I, I think the Pistons – or another team that could be just as bad, to be honest with you. Got them at 14. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, with the Knicks, it's – it's I, they're not going to be good. I, they know they're not going to be good. Um, I think the Pistons will actually come in last. But the Knicks, it's just – what do we need to see from them? We need to see R.J. Barrett to see if he can really become the number one scorer like they drafted him to be. Um, I have not been a fan of Kevin Knox ever since they drafted him. Hasn't really shown me much since. Um, I don't know what I mean. I don't know what you do if you're the Knicks. I mean, you, your roster is awful. You can't do anything in free agency because no one wants to play for your owner. It's literally because of Dolan. Like it's not anything other than Dolan. People want to play in New York. People, someone wants to be the guy to make the New York Knicks good again. I, I know that someone wants to be that, but Dolan limits them. Um, I expect them to be bad again. Yeah, I agree completely with everything you said there. And, yeah, I feel like for the Knicks, you just want to see R.J. Barrett, guys like um, Mitchell Robinson, guys like Obi Toppin, like I just said, even Kevin Knox. You want to see Kevin Knox become a lockdown defender and either be able to slash or shoot. You pretty much just want to see this young roster continue to get better. I do like Julius Randle a lot. I think he has some trade value, but I think you got to keep him around and hope somehow you draw that first lottery ball right there. Um the only reason why I didn't go with the Pistons is having the worst record in the league, although I do agree with you the Pistons suck just as much, if not more. Pistons still do have Blake Griffin, and he's healthy. As long as Blake Griffin's in there healthy, I think they're still a better team than Nixon can win some games. Also, they have Derrick Rose as well, and they did add Mason Plumley 
and uh, Jerry and or Jeremy Grant. So, you know, I feel like they actually do have some somewhat decent win-now players. Starting point guard is going to be Killian Hayes, who I'm not exactly sold on. But, look, I think, if anything, for the Pistons, it's going to come down to how long are they actually going to keep Blake Griffin? Are they going to try to trade him? I mean, if anything, they just need Blake Griffin to show that he's healthy and he can play because I think he still has some value, but people have forgotten how good he is because he's been injured for so long. Um, but if anything for the Pistons, you just want to see one or two of these young guys ball out and look like you actually have something to build for in the future. Yeah, don't have much to add on the Pistons. I mean, uh, I do agree. I mean, I agree with what you said. They added some pieces like Jeremy Grant, who was on the Nuggets, who was a winning team. But this is just – it's a dumpster fire in Detroit. The city is horrible. Um, they're not – it's not a winning culture. The only thing with Blake Griffin is – uh, getting a little bit older, and that contract is so brutal. So it's not as easy as just how well he plays to move him. Someone's got to be willing to pay in that contract. So, I mean, that's that's one thing with him. I, I hope Derek Rose has another great year. Maybe he can go to a contender. Um, I, I believe that he's a big fan favorite in the NBA for everyone. He's got a great comeback story. I got nothing much to add for the Pistons. I mean, they're they're pretty irrelevant. The one good thing, though, is Blake is in the last year of his deal. He actually does have a player option, which I Oh, is it the last? Okay, yeah, but the he, last year, yeah, makes it a little easier to trade him. I agree with you, but at the same time, too, he does have a $38 million player option, and, I mean, you got to think he's going to exercise that. There's no way with his injury um, with his injury history that he's going to be able to get that from anybody else. So, I mean, Blake's definitely going to opt in on that, whether he rots in Detroit or not. That's a different story, but yeah, I, I agree with everything you said right there, Ben. These Basically, these teams are just hoping to see something from their young guys and hoping that they get that first lottery ball. Um, the next team up here I have is number 13 is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I actually saw a lot that I liked from the Cavs last year. I think that they've built a decent young core. I just think that it's still a very young core. Like, I really like what we've seen so far from uh, Colin Sexton. He bumped his scoring average up to 20 points per game. The young bull, that's your boy from Alabama. I think he might be able to bump it up a little bit more this year to that 22 to 23 point range. Darius Garland actually played well at the end of the season as well. You want to look for him to run that offense, but I think they have a nice little one-two punch with those guys in the backcourt. They still have Kevin Love. I think Kevin Love will get traded out at some point in time. Larry Nance Jr., um, young rookie Isaac Okoro. Look, I think this Cavs team can be feisty. I think they can win some games. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys that they're a playoff team or anything, but I think they can be feisty. They can give teams a little bit more than they want certain nights, and ultimately I think the Cavs are going to find themselves in the lottery once again, and they're going to be hoping just like the uh, – just like the Pistons and Knicks here, I think that their season depends on if the, one of these other young guys can go ahead and step up. You know, maybe even Kevin Porter Jr. I think that basically, though, they want to see a lot of good things out of Okoro and as does anybody else looking for the Cavs to build in the future. Yeah, they also have Andre Drummond, um, who I believe is signed a player, his player option, so he stayed. Um, listen, I think your, your three core of um in terms of scoring sexton drummond and kevin love i think that's great uh for a young team and then I, i'm looking to see if darius garland can improve from one year to another just like sexton did we'll see if he can bump that up and then i think honestly i think drafting isaac isaac okura pairing him with uh the young wing of kevin porter jr i think this team can be in the future a pretty good defensive team you have drummond who's a beast in the paint mm -hmm. Um, I think you need to see more defense. They're more offensive guards with Sexton and Garland, but if they can step up defensively, Okora and, K and Kevin Porter Jr. can both play some defense on the wing. So I really think 
with those five, you can put a good defensive uh, overall balance on the floor. I just don't think they're talented enough just yet. I like that you said they're just so young. Um, I do think they should improve, but, you know, they'll be in the lottery once again. Um, but, I mean, listen, I love Sexton, not just because he went to Alabama. The kid works hard. The fact that he improved so much from year two, from year one, um, in terms of scoring and overall, I think that's incredible. So they just got to keep pushing. They're, they're really young with Garland and Sexton. Um, so we'll see. I think they do have some good veteran leadership with Kevin Love and Drummond. So they'll be in the lottery, but I do think they can improve. See, Drummond's one problem, but no, trust me, I agree with everything you said there. I think that this is teams kind of like the Hawks. They're one year away from being done with the rebuild, but I really think Drummond's one problem is he needs to play on a team that's actually contending for something. I feel like in a long season that he just gets lost out there and just messes around. I mean, when you're as big as Andre Drummond is, you stick your hands up in the air, you should be able to get rebounds and everything. So, I mean, I, th I think, it, let's put it this way, I think the Cavs will be fun to watch. I think they might be able to put some points up, but they're definitely still a year out. Um, let's move now to the 12th team. This is when that it starts becoming the teams, I think, that can compete to get in one of those top 10 spots. So for those of y'all who don't know, I probably should have said this at the beginning of the podcast. So this is the way the playoffs works. So number 10 and 9 play each other in a two-game playoff. Whoever wins that, or in a, it's a one-game playoff, sorry. Whoever wins that one then goes to play the, um, or the eight, the 7 and 8 seed also play in a playoff. Then whoever wins those basically play each other, and they play down a little bracket pretty much to determine the final um determine the final seeding so these so basically if you're in the top 10 you can get into the playoffs which is a different little change up here so here at the 12th team look i don't feel great about putting them here at the 12th spot but just the way eastern conference stacks up i still think they're the 12th best team that is the chicago bulls i like the team they build a lot i like wendell carter jr um i like that just like some of the other pieces they have like i think daniel gafford chandler hutchinson are good role players but i mean you still have zach levine i think laurie markanian can step into a bigger role he was hurt a lot last year you got Otto porter jr thomas sataransky um kobe white who i also think is going to break out this year patrick williams the number four overall pick and thaddeus young so you know they have a nice mix of veteran and rookies and i think they have a decently young talented roster i think if the Levine and White can step their game up and just get their scoring up a little bit more, I think this team could have a chance to make the playoffs. Laurie Markanian also needs to stay healthy and stay on the floor. He's been injured and banged up the last two years. He's one of those power forwards who can stretch the floor with his shooting. He can dribble. He can go to the hole. He can do it all. I think he's one of the more talented young guys in the league. He needs to step up and take his game to another level. I think the Bulls have a fun, interesting team, but I think they're only going to go as far as those young guys can, and those guys have to step up. Look, Levine can score the ball, yeah, scoring 27 points a night, but that's on a losing basketball team. He needs to prove that he can put up the points and win basketball games. I'm actually going to flip the team with a, I, I'm going to assume you're going to put next. Um, so you just said the Bulls. I'm going to put the Hornets. Um, wow, I, I, I mean, the Hornets a couple spots higher than that. Okay, yeah. I mean, listen, I LaMelo Ball is great. He's flashy. He's great. But I, I think he's going to make a lot of highlight plays. I think he's got a very good chance to win Rookie of the Year. This is not a winning culture. This is this team has no idea how to win. And I think that they have so many young pieces that do have some talent. But at the end of the day, talent doesn't just get you to the plus. You have to actually know how to win in this league. I don't think any of their leaders know how to do it. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at their roster LaMelo Ball's never played a game. Um, Miles Bridges has had mild success, I would say. Devontae Graham was great last season, but 
I mean, listen, you brought in Gordon Hayward. He's already injured. He fractured his finger today. This He's not going to be healthy for this team. Um, I mean, I, I, I really like their young pieces. I really like P.J. Washington. I like Devontae Graham. And I really like um, Miles Bridges. I think Malik Monk is okay. But these guys have no idea how to win. So I do think it's going to take at least a year of playing together. I think next season, not this coming one, the following season will be their big jump. But th- this is a franchise that's never uh, – I can't even remember the last time they had a winning season going all the way back the Bobcats to – the Bobcats still. Yeah, I mean, this they have no idea how to win. So I'm going to put them right here. Yeah, my rebuttal to that with the Hornets would be I feel like that they've got the young pieces in there now that are starting to get better. Um, I still think they have a couple of holes like at the center position, but I at least think that Hayward in there makes them better. I think they have a lot of guards that they can switch in and out. Um, I think Malik Monk has a chance to take a step to become a little bit better player, but I actually think that Miles Bridges might step up and become that player. I mean, he's shown some signs, man. He can shoot the ball. He can go off the dribble. He can get assists. He can really stuff the stat sheet for your for your basketball team. I want to see him translate what he can do, though, into winning basketball. And I think if Miles Bridges can be a little bit more productive, this team can be a lot better. Obviously, we, we y'all saw me making fun of Gordon Hayward today on Twitter. He's got to stay healthy, which I think I, you know, I probably should have dropped him in the rankings a little bit once I saw that happened already. But he's not supposed to be out for too long. But I like Rozier and Graham. They can fill it up. I like P.J. Washington, like you said. I think that this Hornets team can actually slip into the – into the top 10. Um, I don't think they're going to do anything in the actual playoffs, like actually get in those top eight that actually play in the playoffs, but I think they can be a top 10 team in the Eastern Conference. Who who on this team can defend? Ooh, that's a good question. Miles Bridges is a good defender out on the wing. Bismack Biombo is a nice big man inside who can defend a little bit, but I definitely agree with you. They definitely are lacking the wing defense, which is why that I put them only this high. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say LaMelo Ball can't play defense. I've never seen him play. In exactly. the NBA, but I mean, I—he's not going to be like Lonzo, if I had to guess. I Devonte Graham doesn't play much defense. His size hurts him there. Gordon Hayward—I'm not going to call him that good of a defender. He's serviceable. Uh, Malik Monk has never played defense in his entire life. Uh, I think PJ Washington's a fine defender. Terry Rozier's not a good defender. This team cannot defend. I like your Malik Monk comment. Never played defense possession his entire life. Yeah, no. Go look I mean, at def- go look at him at go look at him at Kentucky. He didn't play defense. No, you're definitely right. I mean, I think the Hornets might have had a little high on here, but they played well last year with what they had. I think that they can do it with, especially with them being a little bit better team and having some of these young guys being a year older. That's just kind of what I'm looking at. But I will say this: I think they're one of the higher variance teams in the Eastern Conference. Is in like they can definitely find themselves in that top eight, or they're going to find themselves down in the bottom in the lottery again. So I mean, they're definitely one of the higher variance teams in the Eastern Conference, just like the Bulls. I think all these teams. It's kind of weird how the Eastern Conference is. I feel like that they have like three teams that are in one tier, three teams that are in another. Then they have like three teams that are in another tier then you have a bunch of teams that are i don't know it's it's weird it's kind of like they're all in the same tier just like the western conference it's weird how these teams are all matched up um but coming in at the 11th team now i know you said you have the hornets on there i'm actually got the magic i don't have the magic in the playoffs this year um where do you have the magic on your list higher than you <laughs> i have the i have the bulls here coming in at 11 okay and then you have the you have the Hornets at twelve, and then you have the Magic at uh, where do you have the Magic at? I have the Magic, so I'm gonna have the Wizards 
right above Chicago at ten, and then the Magic at the eight, uh, Magic at the nine. Interesting. See, my thing with the Magic is, it's been the same thing over and over again. You have seven thousand big men. Why did you not swap one of them to get a guard? Like I was preaching that they should go out and get Westbrook. I mean, if you're going to keep this roster together, you basically accepted mediocrity in the Eastern Conference. Why not go out and swap Aaron Gordon, that that first-round pick, and a future first-round pick, and like Evan Foynier? I mean, the, the money would have matched up and go get Russell Westbrook. I mean, I think it would have been a good move for both teams. The Rockets had no big men on their roster. Gordon clearly needs to get out of there. When I look at this team, I think Nick Musevich is a beast. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the entire NBA. He can go to work down low, but then you're not going to have Jonathan Isaac this season. I mean, you're going to have um, Al Farouk Aminu back, who plays power forward. You still have Aaron Gordon, who plays power forward. You have Mo Bamba, who plays center. I mean, you pretty much have the same players over and over and over again. They also have Chuma Okiki coming out, who got injured, who plays power forward. Terrence Ross, one of their best shooters, is going to miss time. Markel Fultz can't shoot. I feel like they don't have the shooters to stretch the floor. All they have is big men to pack it in. I will say this, though. I like Cole Anthony. I think he's going to be a good player. I'm going to pick Cole Anthony as my X factor on the Magic. And if Cole Anthony can actually come in and be an effective rookie, I think the Magic can get higher than where I have them on this list. But... I just feel like that they're playing an old style of basketball and a new era of basketball. I'm not going to disagree there. I mean, their their better players are all big men. Um, I do think Markel Fultz is a player that is going to continue to get better. Mm-hmm. I think what he's shown uh, since he started playing on the Magic is that he's a hard worker and that he's going to get better. Uh, he did improve. I, I'm not that high on Cole Anthony, um, but I do like him on the Magic. I just don't think he's going to be I I don't know I don't he didn't show me much in North Carolina I know that he was hurt but like I I don't think he's elite at really any trait and I feel like you and I have had this debate I feel like when you're that small he's listed at six three he ain't six three um when you're when you're when you're that small I feel like you have to be elite at something you know like when you think of like the three guards that are small on the top of my mind you mm-hmm. know Curry Trey Young and Damian Lillard like. Those guys are elite at shooting, elite ball handlers. I don't see what Cole Anthony is so elite at. I think he's very good at I – mean, I think he's a good shooter. I think he's got good handles. I think he's a good passer, but I don't – nothing is eye-popping to me. But, listen, the Magic need more from Mo Bamba. Um, they need him to stay healthy. They need more off They need more off the bench from him. He's been a little disappointing since out of Texas, in my opinion. I like that Okiki is actually going to play finally. Uh, had that bad injury at the end of his Auburn career. But I, I agree with you. I don't think their shooting is necessarily great. But I, I, I do think they know they, – listen, they made the playoffs as the 8th seed last year with not being a great shooting team. So I think they have a style of play that works for them. And it's good enough, but it ain't, it's not, it's not going to do any damage. And I agree with you on Vucevic, by the way. Yeah, see, I just feel like that this Magic team is just, like, I don't understand why they didn't swap one big man for any kind of elite shooter. I feel like they just need one elite shooter ball maker. Look, I think Cole Anthony, though, I saw a lot of things I liked out of him. Like, especially my favorite thing I saw out of him was so, in a in a game, I believe it was against, um, 
shoot, I can't remember who it was against specifically, but he got hit in the eye and cut his eye open, had to go out of the game, got stitches, came back in. That's why he's wearing the headband over his eyebrow. He was still diving on the floor and getting in skirmishes for the ball and everything. I think he showed that he has heart and he has a motor. I mean, this UNC team in games when he actually played in last year, they played a lot better versus games where he didn't play. And I feel like that he has a motor and he has leadership. So I feel like he has qualities that can translate over into the NBA. I want to see him do it. But I do agree with you. He does need to get better at one elite skill. I think that's why he, he found himself falling kind of down the draft board and going outside of the lottery. But I still think Cole Anthony has chance to be a really good pro and potentially even an all-star. But he's definitely got a lot of his game he's got to work on. It's going to be more than a one-year thing. Um, next team up here, now we crack our top 10 in teams that will go into the playoff to make the playoffs. And this is where I'm going to slot the Wizards. Look, I feel like if you're a Wizards fan, you look at this team over the last two years and you say, wow, this Wizards team has basically missed the playoffs by one game and we didn't have John Wall. Now you add Russell Westbrook in there and you think this is going to be a playoff team again. I think it's going to be a disappointing season for Washington. Their defense was horrible. The only team that played worse defense last year was the Hawks. Well, I can give the Hawks a little bit of a pass here because we didn't have have a one because we had a non-win now roster, we had a tank roster, and two like what um, Capella wasn't playing. Now Denny Adigi, the rookie um, from Jerusalem, he's been playing well. That's your boy right there, Ben. Um, Brad Beal, you still got him back. You bring back Davis Bertans on a good deal. Um, Isak Banga, people are looking to break out a little bit. I think Ryu Hachimura is a candidate to break out this season. Jerome Robinson as well, shoot the ball a little bit. Westbrook, but I still feel like that they have the same problem. They have no one inside that can defend the rim for them. Thomas Bryant is not a good rim defender. I would argue Thomas Bryant is a bottom 10 starting center in the entire league, if not bottom 5. I think that's going to end up holding them back. I think the Wizards can play fast. I think they might be a fun team to watch. You know, when you're messing around, whatever. I think Westbrook will stuff the stat sheet. He'll be a great fantasy player again. But at the end of the day, I don't think the Wizards will play defense or take things ser as seriously as they need to. I think they'll find themselves in their same 9-10 seed range. They they brought in uh, Robin Lopez, which is more of an uh, inside defender. But, uh, and listen, I, I like the perimeter um, – players that this team is going to trot out. I mean, Westbrook is Westbrook. Brad Beal's an absolute stud. Denny um, seems like he's going to be a great shooter. He's shot the ball well in the preseason. I'm not really a big preseason guy. I don't I don't watch a single game in preseason. I don't care to follow preseason basketball. It mean, means nothing to me. But he's, he's a shooter. He's a big body. Um, Troy Brown can shoot. And you also have uh, Bertans, who's one of the better three-point shooters in the NBA. So mm -hmm. I think this team – will definitely be able to shoot the ball, but I'm going to agree with you in putting them in this spot. It, it's another team. It, it, they have no idea how to win. Uh, I get that bringing in Russell Westbrook is supposed to help with that, but this team doesn't go anywhere. So it, it's not like John Wall was bad in the past. John Wall went healthy. has put up good numbers with Brad Beal. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, I don't think this team has enough. Um, we're at the part where we're doing our rankings where it's getting competitive. So, um, I think this is a spot where the Wizards or really the Hawks are going to come in, to be honest with you. I'm yeah, going to put see, the, I'll put the Wizards here right now, though. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, like I like the Wizards roster. I think they have good players. Like, honestly, they might have one of the best backcourts in the league with Beal and, uh, and uh, Westbrook. 
But, I mean, there's no defense on this team, and that's the kind of teams that go out and play lazy on a Tuesday night in, in uh, Cleveland and lose by 20 points. You know, that's just not what you want to see. I think, like you know, like you said, they have good shooters. They can stretch the floor. I mean, the Wizards will be putting up 130 points on some teams. They'll be like, damn, they're a good team. And then you'll see other nights where they give up 140 to the Cavs and lose by 20, and you're like, what the hell is going on with them? I just and their, like their bench is not great. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying, too. There's a huge drop-off. Like, they have uh, – they have um, Ish Smith, but I mean Cassius Winston. I don't wanna, honestly don't even know if Cassius Winston will be anything in the pros. He's a great college player, but like Shabazz Ish Napier. Yeah, see that's what I'm saying. Guards. Like, yeah, like those two guys are good players, but like they're not a guy who can just come in and give you buckets instantly that you can plug in off your bench. That's what you need off your bench is somebody like that, and I don't see them having that sixth man. I'm in agreement with you there. Um, now at number nine, I had the had the Hornets. We already discussed the Hornets. Um, who do you have at nine? Uh, I, I'm gonna put the Hawks at nine. Actually, ooh, I, I, I think okay, the, I got Haw- the Hawks at eight. So that's perfect segue right there. Let's let's uh break them down. Yes, yeah, so, I mean the Hawks have finally put together a roster that should be able to actually compete. Should be able to win some games now. The big test for the Hawks is going to be how is their fourth quarter play going to be this year? Are they going to be able to close out some games? Are they going to be able to come back in some games? We're finally going to see what Capella can do in the pick and roll with Trey Young. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people expect that to be pretty good because that's the two of their best games. Um, Trey Young is a, a pick and roll maestro, as the 2K my player likes to say it. And Clint Capella's best game is setting the pick and roll into the room to catch an alley oop. So. I think that'll work as long as John Collins doesn't take another, uh, some more PED since he gets suspended. He was suspended for 25 games last year. That's That was detrimental to the team. That's that's a guy – I mean, listen, the Hawks have Trey Young and John Collins who are automatic double-double every single night. Both of them will average a double-double. Trey might be close to even a triple-double. He won't average it. But then you, you have to have the improvements from – uh, DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. I think at least one of them shows you a lot more than they did this past year. I don't know which one it's going to be. You have Kevin Herter, who is a good shooter. He's still improving, still needs to improve his game on the defensive end. But he is a good shooter, and he's really just a catch-and-shoot player for the Hawks. And I, I think the – I mean, listen, you, you improved by bringing in Bogdanovich. You improved by bringing in Rajon, uh, Rajon Rondo and Chris Dunn. I think the bench has a little bit more depth. And I honestly, I think an underrated move is not even a player. I, I think the fact that Nate McMillan is going to be an assistant coach, I think he, listen, the Pacers may not have won anything significant in his time, but he is a coach that brought them to the playoffs. And I think that's going to help Lloyd Pierce a lot. So I, I, I really like what the Hawks did, but I don't think any of their moves are going to be in terms of a big impact. I don't think the Hawks are going to do anything, but – I do think they should make the playoffs. I think it's pretty inexcusable if they don't, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree with you completely. That's why I put the Hawks at the eight seed. I think that we can peak as high as six. I went with eight, though. One, because I wanted to be realistic. And two, because I think it'll take a little time to get this chemistry together on the court. I think it's a good thing that we brought in Rondo, who's a veteran who can kind of, you know, teach these young guys what they need to do to win. We watch Vince Carter do it a lot. I go to a lot of the games decently close. And I always see Vince Carter and every single time out, he's over there talking to Trey Young. He's talking to Cam Reddish. He's talking to John Collins. And you can tell he's trying to show them and tell them what they need to do differently. And he's trying to teach these young guys. I thought he did a great job with it. Look, I think that we need to see one of these three guys take a jump. 
Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, and Kevin Herter. I think that's what it's going to come down to for this Hawks team to play better this upcoming season. Also, too, I want to see John Collins keep shooting that three-point ball at 40%. If he keeps shooting that three-point ball at that 40% clip, this Hawks team's going to be scary, and nobody's going to want to play with them with a big man like that who can shoot 40% from outside. Teams are going to have to respect it, making it even easier for Collins and Trey to go to work inside with Capella. Um, I think Bogdanovich will help the team as well with his shooting and stretch the floor. The same thing with Gallinari off the bench. Look, I think the Hawks are a really deep team and they have so much depth. I feel like that that alone is what should should move them up a little bit higher on the list. The reason why I put them at eight is because, like I said, I think there'll still be some growing pains. Um, but I they're, mean, not they gonna, also... they're not going to they're not going to defend much. I mean, almost every I mean, well, Chris Dunn and Rondo obviously are going to help Capella guard the perimeter. Yeah, you're right, Capella, but like. Gallinari doesn't play much defense. I don't. Does Bogdanovich play much defense? Bogdanovich is decent on defense, but he has good length. He's a really good wingspan. Also, DeAndre Hunter is a beast on the perimeter on defense. Same thing with Cam Reddish. Well, my point is this team can't get worse defensively, so they're going to improve. I just don't know if they're going to be good enough to do anything significant. Now, offensively, this team should score. See, I feel like that our defense will be able to improve with all these guys that we added on there. I feel like the defense, like you said, you know, we can't be much worse than 30th in the league. I think we were 30th in the league last year in defense, but I really think that Capella is going to be what helps. I felt like that teams were just able to drive in the lane at will on the Hawks with nobody in there to say anything about it. Nobody in there to make, you know what I mean, to make them respect it when they try to drive the hole. I feel like putting in there Capella, who is probably a top five defensive center in the entire league, is really going to change a lot of that. I think having a big man in the middle like that to clog it is great. And then when teams want to go small ball, John Collins will be a great piece to have in there against small ball lineups. And we have some big man depth as well with Bruno Fernando. Obviously, I think Okongwu is going to be a really, really, really good player. But he obviously hasn't had time with the team just because he's been injured. So, I mean, I don't look for much from him until the second half of the season. But, like I said, man, this is a deep young Hawks team. This is an exciting team. I'm excited to watch this team play their first game. Um, next up, let's go ahead and move on to the seven spot. I got the Indiana Pacers here. Who do you have, Ben? Sorry about that, guys. We had a brief technical difficulties, but we just got done at coming in at the eight or at the eight seed. I had the Hawks. Ben had them at nine. Ben, who did you have as your eight seed? Was it the Magic? Yep, the Magic. And then uh, we already talked about them, so I'll just go right into my seven. I'm gonna have the Pacers here. I, Same here. I think I think the Pacers are in for a downfall. Um, I, you know, looking at this roster, I don't, I really don't love it. I know that you're gonna get into the big men just a little bit. Uh, it's kind of old man basketball, like you reference about the Magic. So, I, I I don't like the fact that they fired Nate McMillan after making the playoffs after a couple of years. I, I don't understand the reasoning for that. Brogdon wasn't. I mean, he was he was fine, but they signed him to a lot of money, so they need him to improve his game a little bit more. And then Oladipo, they're going to need him to be another All Star. So I I mean, these are things that can happen. I just I think other teams got better than they did. Yeah, I agree with you completely, Ben, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Oladipo is going to have to step back up to All-Star Oladipo, or else this team pretty much finds themselves exactly how they were last year. With All-Star Oladipo in there, then you have All-Star Sabonis. Makes them a really good team, but look, I liked firing McMillan until that I saw they didn't switch the roster up at all. 
when you fired Nate McMillan, I felt like they were going to put TJ Warren at the four because, I mean, in the bubble, TJ Warren was playing the four because he didn't have Sabonis, and look what he was doing. He was got, he got the nickname Bubble TJ Warren is how much he was balling out. He had a 50-point game. Um, but, look, they fell off a lot after that, I feel like, because Warren doesn't get the same mismatches he needs when he plays the four as when he plays the three for him to go off scoring, and plus they play way too slow which was more that McMillan defensive style. I mean, yeah, they brought in Toronto's assistant head coach, great coach. Um, he did a good job with their G League team and everything. I feel like he's going to bring a lot of that Nick Nurse-esque stuff to the team. But if they don't have another all-star and if they don't have the coaching that they need, for the, I mean, not even the coaching necessarily, if they don't have another all-star and the pace they need to keep up with this new NBA, kind of funny how they're the pace I use pace there. But <laughs> um, I think it's going to be pretty much the same thing for them. I like Brogdon a lot, but – Without Oladipo being able to play as an all-star, this team can only go as far as they get him. I, I'm in agreement with you there. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening there in Indiana if they make some trades as the season goes on. Anyway, coming in at number six, I have the 76ers. Who do you got here? I actually have the Boston Celtics. Okay. Let's talk about the Sixers first. Where do you get the Sixers at, five? Yep. Okay, perfect. Let's talk about the Sixers here first. So the Sixers actually have a good bit of roster overturn here. So they sent out Al Horford. They um, brought in Doc Rivers, their new head coach. Um, they ended up hanging on to Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid, and they pretty much tried to sur surround him with shooters. They got arguably the best shooter in the draft with Tyrese Maxey. They actually have some decent backup centers now with Tony Bradley and Dwight Howard. You bring in Seth Curry in that trade. Um, you bring in Danny Green, who I, don't, I hope it's not bubble Danny Green is all I have to say for their sake. You even brought in Isaiah Joe, who's actually one of the more underrated players in the draft, in my opinion. And you still have Shake Milton, Mike Scott, Thibault, guys like that. I like what the 76ers did to shake up their roster. I think they'll be a little bit better and more competitive when they were last year. I think Doc Rivers, even though I think he's a horrible coach and he's extremely overrated, I think he'll at least keep this team competitive. There are so many times last year with that Brett Brown where it looks like they would just they would be winning and they'd blow a lead and it looked like they would just give up or they'd be playing a team that's worse than them and they'd be getting their ass kicked. It looked like they would just quit trying. Doc Rivers needs to put his foot as far up Joel Embiid's rear end as he can and get him to play hard. I don't think I saw Joel Embiid set one screen and cut hard to the basket. All I want to do is shoot threes. If I'm Doc Rivers, I'm telling Joel Embiid for every single three-pointer you shoot, you get kicked in the nuts in practice the next day. So I, mean, I feel like you have to make Embiid play hard, and you need to tell Embiid to quit eating so much Chick-fil-A and whatever BS he's eating because he's got to clean that diet up and stay in shape. He's got to stay in shape. He's got to stay healthy. Um I think this team will be able to play some serious defense. Uh, when you have Ben Simmons, who I believe is an elite guard defender, you uh, Thibel, I believe is an elite perimeter defender, and then Joel Embiid in the paint. I, listen, I think this team should play some defense. Danny Green's not a bad defender at all. He's a great veteran to bring in. I, I love this. This team could not shoot last year, and all they did was bring in shooting. So I, I think you improved in the head coaching category. I think you improved in the shooting category. We just got to figure out a way to get Ben Simmons and Embiid to play together because their mm -hmm. efficiency on the court together was abysmal last year. So I, I think Doc Rivers, I think it, I think I could see them getting off to a slow start just chemistry wise. They're going to have to figure out how Doc wants to play. But uh, I do think this team will be pretty solid at the end of the day because I think the defense is going to keep them going. Yeah, absolutely. As usual, the X Factor will be Ben Simmons. Let's see if he can actually start shooting threes. I doubt it, but we'll see if it happens. He doesn't even need, like, I don't even think he needs to shoot that many threes. He just needs to find ways to get more efficient shots. Yeah. No, I agree with you completely on that. They need to make Ben Simmons more he can post up. so far. Post yeah. him up. 
Shoot, or even clear out, let him go to the rack or something, or get him in there more often when Embiid's not on the floor. I like anything like that. Um, ben, you had the Celtics at six, so I want you to tell me why that you think the Celtics will will do regress that much this season. Uh, well, Kemba Walker's not healthy to begin with. Um, I mean, listen, I, I want to get this out straight. I, I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are absolute studs, specifically Jason Tatum. I think he's a baller. I think he's a top ten. I I think I have him in my top ten in the NBA. I, I think he's just great offensively. His footwork's tremendous. I, I don't think Gordon Hayward is great for them, but I do think – not having him is more of an impact than actually having him, if that makes any sense. I, I think this team has no big man presence. I, I, I do like Robert Williams. I think Grant Williams, another Williams guy, plays hard. But mm-hmm. I, I think Ennis Cantor is a horrible defender. I don't know. Ennis Cantor left. Yeah, he's back in. Uh, he's back out in the Blazers. Yeah, so, I mean, I thought it was a must to get rid of him. I just don't think this team – I think Tice is fine. I mean, he, he's a strong yeah. defender. I I just think other teams got better. It's not that they got worse. I just think other teams got better. I don't know. I'd argue they got worse. Look, I thought the time Lord Robert Williams played better in the bubble. They did bring in Tristan Thompson. They do bring in Jeff Teague to be their backup point guard. Thompson's Without- a big ad. Thompson's a big ad because he's much better than Ennis Cantor on the defensive uh, defensive end. No, I agree with you on that part. I don't think Thompson brings much to the, much to the table on the on – the, uh, offensive end like I don't think any of these guys like Neesmith or any of these guys bring much to the table on defense I think they have the score and they need I think Jason Tatum honestly can take his game up to another level and maybe even crack that top 10 players in the league I think that's what I'm watching to see what happens if Jason Tatum it might still be a year too soon but look Jason Tatum I think might be good enough to be able to put this team on the back and keep them up there in the playoff race that's why I still have them at fifth but I definitely agree with you I think they got worse we still don't know when Kimball Walker's going to come back. Kimball Walker was hurt last year. Kimball Walker's been hurt his entire career up and down. He's injury prone. Besides, he doesn't fix much on defense. I like Marcus Smart. I like Jalen Brown's length on defense. I agree with you. I think defensive end of the floor will be an issue for this team. Also, too, I just don't think they're as good. I really think losing Hayward's a big deal. I mean, you don't have anybody really on this roster that can replace Hayward in the way you need to. I think they're a well-coached team. I mean, pretty much all point guards play well under Brad Stevens, so I don't necessarily think that's the worst thing that they're not going to have Kimba in there. But I just can't make an argument this team got better. I mean, they went through this huge rebuild, had all these draft picks, and this is what they end up with. I don't like the way things panned out in Boston. I think there's might be back to the stage where they're a player away still from being that good. I think they got a great coach. They know how to win in that city, but we'll just have to see how it plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely will be interesting to see what happens there. Um, obviously, we'll get into James Harden trade speculation on next podcast, but now is our time for our four seed. Ben, do we have the same one here? I got the Toronto Raptors. I actually am going to flip your three and four. Uh, okay. so I'm going to put the I'm going to put the Nets at four. Yeah, let's talk um, about the Nets first. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's you obviously have Durant and you obviously have Kyrie Irving, which most of your offense is going to come from. I'm a big Levert fan. I'm a big Dinwiddie fan. Um, I, I think this team can play offensively. Are they going to play defensively? That's going to be the toughest ask that Steve Nash is going to have of this team. Um, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to get much out of Kyrie Irving. You don't get a ton out of Spencer Dinwiddie, but I mean he's he's a bench player, so he. he I yeah. think he. I think their. I think their team has depth. I just, I mean, like Joe Harris doesn't play much defense. I, I just don't know where the defense is really going to come from. But 
maybe the league is more turning to, hey, I can outscore you because this team can score on anybody that's going to come out and play against them. As long as Durant can stay healthy, as long as Kyrie can stay healthy, this team can go far. But I do think it's I do think it's kind of one of those things that's like, you know, you see these you see these times. It's, it's kind of like the Bucks in football. Like everyone's like, well, how is anyone going to stop this team? Well, they usually end up worse than people think. Yeah, see, I think there definitely will be a couple growing pains with getting this chemistry and everything down, Pat. I think once they figure out the chemistry part of things, they'll be better. I have them at third in the Eastern Conference. Um, I still think the Nets are a really good team. Also, here's a future bet for you guys right here. I told y'all I was going to give y'all out a couple. My first one was Obi Toppin, Rookie of the Year. Here's my second one. It's kind of funny. Most of my futures actually fall in the Western Conference, but the Nets to win the Atlantic Division. So that's the Celtics, Nets, Knicks, 76ers, and Raptors. I think I mean that it's plus 150, so you can get plus money on it. Look, I think the Nets' chemistry will take a little while, but I think they can still do better than all these other teams. Toronto won't have their home court advantage, which will hurt them a little bit. Also, too, they lost both their big men and Gasol and Ibaka, who do a lot for them in, in the paint. So I think that I think at the end of the day, the Nets can end up being that team. But I kind of agree with you. See, my thing more so is I want to wonder if how Durant's going to move. I mean, he looks good and everything, but I mean, preseason is not regular season. Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan are great defenders, but at the same time, I don't necessarily know if those guys can be on the floor at the end of games. Odds are Karutz, who's not a great defensive player, Kevin Durant or Jeff Green will be playing center for you at the end of a game. So I want to see how this team can actually play in those kind of lineups. I agree with you. They might not be able to stop people. Also, they don't really have that wing defensive stopper that every single team needs, like that 3 and D guy. Shamit, um, he's got some questions about his defense. Same thing with Tarian Prince. Both guys can shoot the lights out and score. One of those guys needs to step up and take their defensive play to another level on that end in order for this team to be what they need to be. Yeah, and I'll go. I'll speak on the Raptors just real quick. I'm going to have them at three. And listen, I, I'm going to be honest. I have real concerns about their big men. I mean, their big men. If mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, they brought in Aaron Baines. Correct. He's, he's solid. And then they had Alex Lynn, I believe. I mean, they're not they're not good in the big men front. Yeah, I the... just I just think their veteran presence, and I think they're I think they still have great team chemistry with the, with their guards. Mm-hmm. I think Van Fleet and Lowry complement each other very well. I think Terrence Davis is a is a name to keep an eye out for. I think OG Ananobi is is that three and D guy that you just mentioned that they need and have. I have real concerns about their big men. I think at the end of the day, their roster will look a little different than how it does in the beginning. I, I do see them making a trade to get a better big man because I think you're going to need it. Yeah, um, Malachi Flynn, point guard from San Diego State, actually been balling out in the preseason. Obviously, you don't want to take that too much into perspective. Just like I was, so there's a the Ringer NBA pod. I listened to a lot. It was kind of funny. Um, Rajah Bell was on there talking about it as a rookie. He's like, "Yeah, man, I was out there playing in my first game as a preseason as a rookie, and I was like, damn, 'Damn, I'm balling. I'm can win rookie of the year.'" <laughs> he said the intensity steps up on three notches in the regular season. And he said when you get to the playoffs, it steps up three more notches. So. We'll see if that changes anything for him. But, yeah, I think the Raptors have a lot of defensive guys, which is the reason why they'll be good again. Norman Powell is actually my favorite X factor on this team. From what I've been reading is they're going to put Powell in the starting lineup, and they're or they're either going to put Powell in there or because um, Lowry might not be ready to go just yet. I mean, he might miss only like five, six games. But if not, 
I mean, their starting lineup is going to be Lowry, Van Vliet, Ananobi, Spicy P, Siakam at the four, and their five will be Aaron Baines. Like, I don't think Baines is a huge drop-off, but I think it's more so the fact they don't have that secondary big man to put in there. They're going to look for Chris Boucher to step up to the next level. Boucher can shoot a little bit. He's athletic. He can block shots. But I always like this Raptors team. I always think they're a good team. I think they're more so building for next year. Like, you look next year, they're going to have so much salary cap freed up. They're trying to build up and get a big free agent next offseason. So, We'll see what the Raptors can do, man. They're going to be a fun team. Don't overlook them just because they lost their big men. That's why I still have them here top four. I feel better. Let's put it this way. I feel more confident saying that they're going to be top four than putting the Celtics or 76ers up there. Like Celtics 76 have a lot of question marks. The Raptors, I know what I'm going to get. Um, so you said you said your three team is the Raptors, right? That's correct. Ooh, I wonder if we're going to have it the same way for one and two. At number two, coming in, I have the defending Eastern Conference champions. Not saying I don't think they're gonna not going to win the Eastern Conference. The Miami Heat. Look, the reason why that I have them at number two instead of the Milwaukee Bucks is, one, everything could change if they trade for James Harden. But my reason, two being, Coach Budenholzer and the Bucks have proven they are the best regular season team. They will get this number one seed. Now, when it comes down to the playoffs, got another future bet for you all, plus 300 Heat win the Eastern Conference. I think the Heat will edge out the Bucks in the playoffs to win the Eastern Conference. I like everything the Heat did. They pretty much bought back the same team. Yeah, they lost Jay Crowder, but they still have tons of other 3 and D wings on this team. This Heat team has depth. They have leadership and everything. They keep a tight circle down there in Miami. They added Precious Atauchi, which gives them another good big man to throw in the mix and everything. I mean, I think it's hard not to like what this Heat team has done. Like I said, I would honestly take the Heat to get the one seed, but I just feel like that the Bucks are a regular season team and they'll do their regular season thing again. I'm gonna have the Heat coming in at number two, just like you. I Love think it. a big, I think a big addition that they had that's gonna play big dividends to them because he is mm-hmm. as as perfect as a Miami Heat player as Jimmy Butler is, and he's not gonna have the impact like Jimmy Butler did. But I think Avery Bradley. Is a tremendous addition to this basketball Very team. True. This is a guy that will always play hard on the floor. He shoots the three. He actually shot the three pretty well for the Lakers before he opted out. Um, when COVID kind of came a thing, he didn't play in the bubble for them. But he's an outstanding defender. He he's he's been an elite defender ever since he's come in the league. You got Spolstra, you got Riley heading it. So I mean, Jimmy Butler's a great leader for this team. Bam at a bio fresh off a big contract. Is only going to get better and better. I'm very curious to see if Gordon Dragic's game regresses a little bit. Um, he was phenomenal in the bubble, in the playoffs specifically before he got injured. They just extended him for a couple more years. He is getting a little bit older and can all. He's always going to be able to shoot the ball. He's got a great left-handed stroke. But I do think they need either. I mean, the, Kendrick Nunn was horrible in the playoffs, so. They're going to need some more bench help because I don't think you're going to get much out of Nunn. Um, Andre Iguodala or Olenek. So I, I think they'll find ways to get those players, but I do think the Heat are going to be very good again, coming in at number two. Yeah, hey, I agree with you, Ben. I think the Heat will win the Eastern Conference, and I think they're more than worth that future bet as well, going ahead and locking that in, especially if they get James Harden because they'll flip to the number one. So if anything, I think this you're never going to get better value than plus 300 right now on the Heat to win the Eastern Conference. And that's to win like as in you go through the playoff bracket and you're playing in the finals representing the East, not as in the best record in the regular season. 
Number one, for all the reasons I said, I got to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. It's hard to say this team didn't get better. I think the Bucks ended up getting better, adding Drew Holiday. Fortunately, they mortgaged away their future. We actually had as one of our topics for the start off this episode, we were going to talk about if Giannis would leave them in free agency or not. Well, I think all that was solved right there by him re-signing for that max. That boy's paid now. I like everything this Bucks team does. I like their starting lineup. I like all the pieces that they have on this team. Um, obviously, they have a little bit of roster overturn with the trade, but ultimately, I would swap all the pieces out they did to get better in the ways that they have. Um, I'll say this about the Bucks, though. I just I just don't see it happening in the playoffs again, man. Drew Holiday gets hurt all the time. That's one thing that's not being talked about is Drew Holiday almost never plays an entire regular season. I actually kind of like adding Torrey Craig. He's a good 3 and D wing you can have, but the bench is definitely not as deep as it used to be. And also, too, I think when it'll catch up to them, though, is in the playoffs. fact, they don't really have a point guard. I mean, Drew Holiday's more of a shooting guard than a point guard. Dante DiCincenzo is a shooting guard. DJ Augustine's a good backup point guard, but DJ Augustine can't guard a single player in the NBA. He doesn't have a prayer of guarding someone on the defensive end. Ultimately, I got to go with the Bucks here at the number one seed, but they will not make it out of the Eastern Conference and go to the finals. I mean, obviously, their starting lineup is as good as it really gets with Giannis, Middleton, Lopez heading up their big three. I, listen, this team can shoot. I mean, you have Connaughton who's been there, athletic guy. Torrey Craig is... The three and D guy, mostly of a D, mostly defensive guy. DiVincenzo is an athletic piece. I like the uh, Forbes coming in from the Spurs. He's a good shooter. Corver still off the bench, and then you also have uh, Bobby Portis. I think Bobby Portis is a little bit of an upgrade from Ilyasova, but he's got to know his role. I thought Ilyasova played his role well, but I think Bobby Portis can give you more in an overall game. To be honest with you. I'm interested to see with Jordan Nwora from Louisville, the rookie. I'm interested to see what he can do. I think he's a guy that can provide six, seven points a game and play some defense. So uh, they're, a reg- they're a great regular season team. Giannis is fresh off the massive contract, riches in NBA history, absolutely deserving of it. Um, we'll see. I mean, Giannis can have a great chance to win MVP. He's got a great chance to bring this team. He's, they're a title contender, so we'll see if they can do it again. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy, too, that the Bucks have never broken through and won the title because actually they have some of the best, like, analytical and statistical numbers you'll see out of any team. All the other teams that match up with them have won championships, and they're the only one that hasn't. So, hey, we'll see if anything changes up. I would love to see the Bucks and Giannis get to the finals. I personally do not like the Heat or Jimmy Butler. So, one, I don't want to see my boy Harden get traded there. And, two, I don't want to see him win the East. But you got to bet with your head, not your heart. And my head says the Heat will win the East ultimately outright. Um Anyway, me and Ben had a couple little storylines for the season we wanted to throw in here at the end of the podcast. We'll do the same thing on the next one as well. We'll have our actual award predictions and stuff. But obviously, we can't do the heart, the Giannis gets traded one anymore. Um, ben, who's your second or third year player you think that's ready to make a jump and take his game to the next level? I mean, so just for everyone listening, we're, we're not going to go with John Morant, Zion, you know, guys like that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Jarrett Culver here. Um, this is a kid I really loved his game at Texas Tech. I think his size and his uh, ability, what he brings at the table, it does fit today's NBA. He's an athletic kid, uh, you know, kind of a thin frame. But listen, I'm picking him because he only averaged nine points a game and he only shot just under 30% from the threes. I think those are two categories where um, he could really improve. I think. I think the Timberwolves, and we'll get into this in just a second. To me, I think the Timberwolves can actually improve and maybe even make the playoffs. We'll get into that on our Western Conference podcast. But I think him working out with guys like Malik Beasley, who are kind of similar playing styles, 
Malik's had some success shooting the three ball. So I think Culver is a second year player that can improve um, from nine points and 30%. I'm also going to give you one more. Um, Thibel. Thibel from the Sixers. I, I think this is a kid that the Sixers are really relying on him to improve. I think he's a great defensive end. I think he can contribute on the defensive end. He's just not much of a shooter, but I'm going to go with those two guys. Hey, I, I definitely like those, Ben. I think that Thibel, I mean, it's hard for Thibel to be worse on offense than he was last year, so there's always that. Um, You know, it was tough for me on a couple guys. I'm actually going to go with Kobe White. Kobe White really stepped his game up at the end of the season, was averaging nearly 20 a game the last three weeks of the season before he was canceled. Um, he only averaged 13 points per game last year. I think he can step up and take his game to the next level and hit some big-time shots for this for this Bulls team. Um, I, I like the, his game a lot. You know, he's fast. He plays a lot kind of like a Lou Williams-type guy does, except he's bigger. He's like 6'3", 6'4". I think he can build off of what he did last year and bring all that to the table and make this team even better. Um, another kind of guy, too, that I wanted to go with is obviously Cam Reddish. You know, me being a big Hawks guy, I assume all y'all assume that I would pick somebody off our team, but... You know, I think Cam Reddish can take another step in making himself a better player, which is what I want to see ultimately out of Cam Reddish. But uh, that's all I got for this one right here. Um, let's move now to our other question we're going to ask. And, Ben, what team do you think that missed the playoffs last year can make the, not only make the playoffs this year, but win a playoff series? I know we're talking about the Eastern Conference, but, I mean, this is kind of an obvious answer. I'm going to go with the Warriors um, for obvious reasons, who they were missing last season. I know that they're going to be missing um, my favorite player in the NBA, Clay Thompson, the best sidekick in the NBA. I didn't know um, that was your favorite. I like that. Oh, Clay's, Clay's my favorite player. Um, love, just love the way he approaches the game, loves the way he just shows up, doesn't talk, mm -hmm. and just absolutely dominates everyone. Um I'm going to go with the Warriors here. I mean, listen, Steph Curry gives you at least 20, 30 wins from last year just by himself. I think Wiseman actually is going to do some damage for this team. I think he fits with them well. I think he actually complements Draymond Green very well. Draymond Green is a guy that you can put in the middle of an NBA floor because he's a great passer, and Wiseman can really shoot it. He can get up for uh, a lob, and he can play some defense. So I'm gonna, I mean, this is an obvious answer, but I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I think it's a different Warriors team. You know, it's going to be more of a defensive team, but they still have shooting. They're going to be able to run up and down. There'll definitely be some growing pains, but I agree with you, Ben. You know, I always said this about the Warriors. The Warriors, when they were good, were my guilty pleasure. They were my favorite team to watch, and I loved how much I hated them, if that makes sense. like. But this is, this is also the type of roster um, that I think we're going to see. Okay, so, like, I, I think it's – Kind of obvious that we've seen Steve Kerr is actually a good coach, but yes, he's he's coaching these great players. So, um, but I think this year you'll actually see him, in like he, I think he's going to show what he actually can bring to the table as a great coach. Um, he's won a ton as a player, mm -hmm. and he's already won a lot as a coach. I, I think he's actually going to be able to coach some of these young guys. I think Wiggins is a guy that they're going to need to step up. We'll see if he can in a full offseason with the Warriors. I think Wiseman will benefit from Draymond and Kerr. So I think Steve Kerr will, will be able to coach this team pretty well. Yeah, I agree with you completely. It's definitely going to be a comeback year for the Warriors. Kind of funny how this is Eastern Conference and we both went for Western Conference. I got to go to the Western <laughs> Conference here. I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns. Look, I think adding Chris Paul in the mix here it will make this team a lot better this season. 
I like what the Suns did in the bubble and the way Devin Booker played. Devin Booker was actually moving the ball and looks like he was leading the team and playing with a purpose. I think only adding Chris Paul makes this team better and helps them better led and play with a purpose. I mean, DeAndre Ayton took his game to another level even after he missed 25 games for steroids. Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges looked like those 3 and D wings that every single team in the league raves about. You add Jay Crowder, who is actually, in my opinion, one of the best wing defenders in the entire league, just for pure 3 and D standpoint. I think him and Robert Covington are 1 and 2 just for giving your team that only. Etwan Moore is a guy who can fill it up off the bench. You got Campaign, Dario Saric, um, even Jalen Smith. I think this is a deep team that honestly has two really good units. And for the first time, I actually think there's expectations for this Phoenix Suns team, and I think they can play up to it. I mean, you pretty much have three players that can be all-stars, and you have tons of guys who are specialized, good at some of the best things and biggest things you need in basketball. I don't see why the Suns can't give one of these teams a run for their money in the first round. And I actually think they have two good coaches. Um, I think Monty Williams being – I believe he's still their head coach. Is that right? I believe um, that's correct. Yeah, I think you're right on that. I believe it's Monty Williams, but also uh, you said it best, the addition of Chris Paul. I mean, that dude is a coach on the floor. I, I think if, if DeAndre Ayton cannot improve his game um, with a guy like Chris Paul, then I don't think he ever will. I don't think there is a I don't think there is a point guard in the league that can elevate someone's game better than Chris Paul. Every single team he goes to, someone on that team improves and the team will improve. Let's I mean, just real quick, I thought the the OKC guards, I'm very, very interested to see what Shy Gilgas Alexander can do this year. This is not a team mm -hmm. that's gonna win many games, maybe, but his numbers should improve just based on what he learned from Chris Paul last year. No, exactly. I mean, SGA, the thing is, though, he's more of a scorer than anything, but I want to see him get other people involved as well, so we'll look for him to make that jump as well. The last one here, and I'll start us off with this one, is the most disappointing team, and look, at first, you might not think this is disappointing, but I'm going to explain to you all why it is. I'm going to go with the Washington Wizards for the exact reasons I said earlier. You add Russell Westbrook. So basically, this team missed the playoffs. They were by about three, four games the last two years. Now you add Russell Westbrook when you didn't have John Wall in there. And Westbrook, I mean, is regarded as being better than John Wall. And I mean, yeah, Russell Westbrook might not be the top 10 player in the league he once was, but he's still Russell Westbrook, a big name. When you have him and Brad Beal in your backcourt, you got to expect to make the playoffs. I don't think it's happening. I don't think the Wizards are going to end up, I mean, I think they'll end up inside that top 10, but I think they'll be one of the eight teams that actually goes to the playoffs. I think ultimately the Wizards end up having a disappointed season here, and it's going to be a lot of pissed off Wizards fans. I'm going to go with the Pacers. Um, I think the Pacers definitely have a, have a good chance to make the playoffs. I just don't see them coming in fourth. I believe they finished fourth last season. Mm -hmm. I see a drop-off from there, uh, so from fourth. So I feel like anytime you drop, that's a disappointing year. And I, I don't think they're going to get the gratitude that they think they're going to get just by bringing in a new coach. I, I agree with what you said earlier. I mean, you fired a coach and who brought you to the playoffs, but you didn't really change the roster. So that tells me you put 100% of that blame on the coach. But I don't think he's a bad coach at all. He made the playoffs. So I, I, think, I think they're in for a rude awakening. Yeah, absolutely. He made a medi mediocre team better. So I agree with you completely on that. Um, ben, that's all I got. You got anything else? That's all. That's all I got. I, I I think the NBA will be very, very, very competitive and exciting to watch this year. Yeah, I agree with Ben completely. I think obviously the Western Conference is a little more stacked, but the Eastern Conference is very even too. And it's going to have be a very competitive conference. Ben, I appreciate you coming on, help me out once again. We got another big one tomorrow. Yeah, man. Thanks. I can't wait to talk the Western Conference with you. Hey, we appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll talk to y'all again soon.